Welcome to the Talking Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley Davison. Today's guest is Stefan Grenquist and Emily Coulson. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're up here in um, well, the Port Stephens region. Yeah. Um, yeah, cheers for having me up here. Yeah, it's good to have you. We, um, I was supposed to come up here doing a bit of riding with, with you guys, and um, <laughs> one of us hurt an ankle. Yeah. Uh, one of us has hurt a shoulder, and we didn't get riding, but we're still doing the podcast, so uh, the podcast. Let's, let's rip into it. Yeah. <laughs> who's Stefan, and who's Emily? Um, I'll start. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, 33 years old, um, yeah. race enduro, came over from Sweden in 2011, and yeah, full-time Aussie at the moment. And Emily? Yeah, I'm 32 years old, and uh, Swedish, moved over here with Stefan, 2011, and uh, now got dual citizenship. Oh, you both got dual? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was born here. You were, so yeah. I'm boys. Yeah. But uh, Emily, a couple of years ago now, what, five? 2016. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so you were born here, obviously. Yeah. Greenquist is a famous name within motorcycle racing here. Yeah. Um, so you were born in whereabouts? Penrith. Oh, really? Penrith, Blue Mountains. Yeah, yeah cool. And yeah. you went back over to Sweden? Yeah, like, um, well, I was born here. We raised, we had. We lived our normal life here, yep. and then um, my parents. I was seven, and my brother was ten. Yeah. Uh, my parents wanted us to grow up in Sweden a bit as well, and I think the plan initially was to go back there for ten years, mm-hmm. come back. And then not sure if they thought that through, because then ten years it was sort of halfway through school and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So we ended up. Uh, the plan was to stay then until we finished school. Wow. So I grew up there and wasn't really on the cars to come back to Australia and move or move back to Australia because we're just sort of we're happy to live in, in Sweden. Yeah. Um, my parents started coming back here for like six months a year. And um, yeah, we even came out here on holiday together. We went here 2009 on a holiday Nine. for five weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I'd had um, done an ACL that year, early in the year. Wow. And then sort of got through the year more or less uh, racing and stuff and then I had an operation in November so I got a free holiday came over here I was on sick leave from work and you took a bit of time off work didn't you yeah and we came over came here over and here. I did a race here yeah so is this the first time you would have actually been to Oz yep it was well. the first time yep. for me yeah yeah right and um, I got to borrow a bike off uh, Ballard's off-road racing team then yep and I did one race. I can't remember where it was. It was uh, though. Gwandalum, a state. Gwa- yeah, state championship there, I think. Like a motocross? No, enduro. enduro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I didn't race enduro in Sweden. You didn't do that either. Yeah. We raced motocross. That's so. what I thought. Yeah. 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 So, so how that was, was that pretty getting, fun. Yeah, coming to Australia racing now. How was that? That was cool. Yeah? Yeah, try that. I remember it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and we came from winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. That would have been a huge change. Yeah. yeah so definitely. you were on the sidelines then? Yeah. I yeah. just literally, oh, I think I might have been a month out of surgery. So I had yeah, another couple of months like recovery. That. So I just came out here and was just yeah. limping around, hopping around, trying to service her and with the bike racing side of things. And Ballard, they put you up on the team, I guess, briefly for that round. And it was only yeah. a state round, but then... Uh, that kind of it's kind of sort of got the brain clicking a little bit of mm. could be cool to come over here and do something different uh, and then yeah 2010 end of 2010 I was talking to Ballard or via yep. my dad and everything so I knew him but I wasn't like in contact with yep. him um, and then just one day he was like oh, alright we'll make something happen wow. uh, next week a contract came through I was like oh shit 
So you're back in Sweden. This is back this in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. So this is yeah. everything of... happened in a really short amount of time because I already had because over there I was riding for Yamaha Scandinavia. Right. So I had a really good deal so you had a good going. Deal. Yeah. yeah. Over there I had a really good yep. deal over there yeah. and I was happy with it. And then I think it was within just five weeks or something we decided that we were going to move. Yeah. Holy crap. So just leave everything yeah. and pack up both of it. <laughs> Apartments. We didn't live together over there. Yeah. So man, what yeah. what a journey though! Like from not yeah. living together to moving to another country together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been a journey, that's for sure. That's <laughs> we didn't live together. We we saw each other on the weekends and everything like that. Yep. Move over here. Stay. We lived at a, <clears throat> a room above Ballard's um, garage, like team garage, basically. Oh, really? It sort of fitted out and. So there's a couple of rooms up top basically for weekends, you know, for riders that come yep. and stay there, not like full time. Wow. But he put us up there for, we were there for four months, I reckon, four months. Yeah, and, and then we decided then, yeah. that we wanted to live in the van instead yep. yeah. so we could see more stuff. and Because we didn't work the first year we were here. So a proper tour, like yeah. actually see stuff. So where was that? They were out Penrith Way too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Hampton. Okay. Is that so Penrith's direction? No, well, it's kind of inland... Um, on, on the way to General and Caves. Mm. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. That's where Ballard's... Yeah, that's where his base is. Base is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It's kind of been his little little hideaway. His yep. little, he, he likes to get away. Because he, he had his business in Penrith. Ah, and that's that was what where, Yeah, yep. so he spent his weekends and everything there. And wow. I think he... Well, he still got it, I'm pretty sure. And he spends a lot of time out there. I think that's where they've been filming some of the Transmoto stuff. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that hideaway, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a good it's a good little spot there. Got yeah. some good tracks, good access to state forests. You can do heaps of riding out there. And, yeah, nice. And uh, not a heap of people around. He like, he <laughs> so that. good, eh? Yeah, it's pretty good. How so, did um, Yamaha Scandinavia, like when you went back to them, what, what did they say? Oh, I can't really remember that actually, but yeah, I think they just thought it was a cool thing to go here, yep. but um, yeah, it was a bit sad because it was a really good relationship, yep. but so I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed. I didn't mm. feel like, oh, this is amazing because <laughs> yep. he had this deal. I didn't have anything here. Yep. So I bought a bike in that when we moved over here yep. and just did my own thing. Uh, which then turned into getting help the second year we were here from Yamaha Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. So, because I had a good first year, so that was good. But yeah, I can't remember really. I think they were more excited for me. Yeah. Scandinavia, that just try something else. But yeah. when we moved over here, it was supposed to be a one year thing. We said we were going to come back after a year, and we've been here for 10 years now. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but the relationship's still there. Like, you've been back yeah. and raced, and they, every time you come back, I'm between Yamaha, Scandinavia, yeah. and the local shop, which is a, one of the biggest shops in Sweden. Oh, really? They, yeah. They've been awesome. Like, if you need yeah. if she needs a bike, they'll I get her a brand new bike. It's and she used to use it. And so yeah, I went back last year. This is sort of no, I haven't been back every year, but I've seen my f some family members every year. Yep. But now because of COVID, I haven't been back this mm, year. It's hard. But last year I went back and yeah, you had a race and there for last the, year. Eh? Yeah, yep. and then the sixth day as well. Yep. And then they're really good with just get a bike sorted for me. So I still got some contacts there. It's sort of good, good to have both. Sort yeah. of both oh, ones, eh? definitely. Yeah. So was Bella, it's, that was still the Yamaha, that was Yamaha yeah. at that point eh, as well. Yep. So straight yeah. into that. Straight into that. So that. Back to that. That was, that was a, <coughs> like, I'd say one of my highlights, experiences of my racing career because yep. came from like running our own team in Sweden that was on Suzuki's for forever with our own little team, me and my mm. brother. Um, 
which we that was awesome like we had a great time and yep. sort of working through the racing side of thing, side of things and and to be offered a ride on on a factory team in, in yep. australia i was teammates going to be teammates with Stefan merriman like four-time world wow. champ uh chris hollis yeah. was the guy to be at the time yep. <clears throat> uh, which he has been through many seasons mm. um and maddie phillips was on the team it was his, his first, first year, year. Yeah, so he came in enough. as a 17 year old Damn. and um yeah geez it was it was a good it was a good good learning curve for both of us i reckon and especially some of the times we were riding with phillips because he was living there a lot as well because he was from tassie he yep. was there with his mom deb we spent a lot of time with them mm. and just going out riding with a kid he's 17 70 years old yeah he's obviously won several world championships yeah, now yeah, yeah. but the stuff he was doing was just like yeah i'll I guess I'll try that too, but it just didn't work out the same way for me most of the time. <laughs> so he but had a real just, just a real just talent. Really, just a yeah, 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 talent, technical skills yep. were just yeah. amazing. Just ability. Yeah. yeah. Ability. Yep. So you have that guy and yep. then you have Merriman, which is the most calculated guy yep. alive. He yep. doesn't do anything <laughs> to take risks, yep. but he just makes it happen. Yep. And then you have Hollis, who's kind of a mixture of both. Mm. Like he mm. really he can put on the line, but he's silky smooth. And So it's just to get to learn from them people mm. was pretty cool. And had you done, like, obviously, you're both saying you did motocross predominantly back there. Had you done much enduro stuff? Really? I, I was, did I a was bit. Limited. Yeah, you you, I'd done a, f- a fair bit in winter. Yeah. Because in winter over there, when it's snow, there's no motocross. There's some winter yep. cups on, but yep. I mainly did enduro in winter just for training. Yep. And we had winter series in the enduro. Right. And then I did some, wow. they got like a team Swedish championship one off round. Yep. In the enduro, and I just did that with a friend. So we won that a couple of times, but mm. that's the only enduro. The rest were motocross. So then you come here to race enduro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a jump, eh? Hey? Yeah. Change countries and yeah. come to an enduro in yeah. a total different climate. 100%. And we raced everything that year. Yeah. I don't think we've ever raced as much as we did those first couple of years. We raced enduro. Uh, we raced. I did a, I did three rounds I think of the MX Nationals yep. in like in yeah. between races we did state motocross we did we did so much racing because you year. did some of them the yeah for the men's yeah the MX Nationals and on I the enduro bike yeah yeah well. I only had yeah. the one bike yeah I, had, I turned it over a couple of times that year yep. but I only had one bike at a time wow so I so, serviced you at that and then yeah. I did the women's MX Nationals yep. and yeah. you serviced me at that so we just yeah. jumped a bit and then we did the state motocross yeah. and then enduro state enduro and yeah we had a race almost every weekend mm. <laughs> do you think that's advanced like when i met you guys last year was doing motocross as well do yeah. you think that's advanced your skill set by doing both each year like doing yeah. back to yeah yeah definitely. more riding obviously is going to help but yeah and they're so different like yeah. you learn oh, i reckon you take a lot from motocross into enduro and vice versa mm. Mm. so riding if you go from only riding motocross you kind of have that mindset it's just I'm not going to say your 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 fanti- like your mental sort of looking at a track is limited, but you kind of you have a certain amount of lines you ride, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you start riding in enduro, you just open up your eyes so much more because you just got to be so particular with your lines. Mm. It's everything. And then I found that like especially going back to motocross, where you'd, you'd ride some lines that probably might not have always been the fastest line, but definitely you know saves you a lot of grief and. And um, just gives you a bit, a bit of I creativity. I think since I started more of in, with enduro as well, I'm not as scared of the really deep ruts mm. in an up mm. ramp or whatever because 
it's pretty often you just sit in one rut. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And coming from Majuro, you see such big terra- um, terrain, like alterations and that. Yeah, definitely. I guess coming to motocross, it makes it everything a lot more familiar too, doesn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. So sure. that was 2010 and 11, I'm guessing, yeah. sort of around yeah, then. Yeah, 11 was that first season. How yeah. was it settling in? Like, was it a big, big like you've grown up here, mm. but was it a big change still? Like, oh, I really yeah. struggled. You did? I had a massive struggle. What with? Everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> not having. I couldn't really Family? speak. I couldn't speak English when we moved here. You could speak, but not oh, very good. Uh, oh, really? Not really yeah. good. And yeah. I did definitely didn't want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, I, I understand most stuff. Because yep. the TV and everything over there is, like everything we watch is sort of English. Oh, right. But it's subtitled, and we don't use the language, so yep. you sort of understand. Yep. But mm. then you don't feel comfortable with using it because you're not used to speaking mm. English so I didn't like that and then didn't have any family here either except Steph so yeah, it's a huge it was just hard because yeah. I was really close with my family I was used to always having dad at the races and my mm. whole family always came and supported me at the races and then mm. here in the first year he was on the team and I was and I was on my own and yeah. I was used to having my team around yeah. me and yeah, stuff like hard. that and, and you would be wanting to service Emily's bike, I guess, but you've still got your own yeah. team stuff. There'd be a bit of a balance in that too, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, that's kind of been, <clears throat> since we started this journey, I guess yep. you can call it over here, we've sort of had, we almost have to half commit both our careers. Mm. Every time I'm we're out racing, you, yeah. I'm thinking about my stuff, but yep. then, oh, how's Emily going? Or is she hurt? Or, okay, she's having dramas, I need to help her, vice versa. Mm. So... We've sort of half half done it, I reckon. We've had each other there, so we can't solely focus on us. You know, if you go to a race and you've got two people around you, three people there, everyone's just taking care of you, but we sort of... We sort of had to... It's yeah. been... I know if I can... Like, I know heaps of races, but he's come in and bloody crashed the bike to pieces yep. mm. and it sprints, so he's up soon again. And I'm, I got sprints on a different track or something and I have... I'm out after him, but I know he's not going to have time to get out mm. again if I don't mm. help him. So we sort of try to eat and then we're working on his bike and next time maybe I had a crash or something yeah. and we try to eat it's and we're both thing, working yeah. on my bike and we like... It's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. But made us heaps stronger and yeah. learnt heaps from it as well, I guess. But your own team. Yeah. Like yeah. really, aren't you? Like between yeah. the two of you guys, you're out and doing your own... Your own team sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> how, how was it riding for, for ballads at the start? I thought it was pretty cool. It was a good yeah. experience. Um, it was definitely different to anything I've done before, yeah. especially, you know, I haven't been on big teams in Europe. I've had a little guest rides and stuff like that, but not really a solid year. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was great. I had a good good experience and it sort of got my foot in the door over here. And mm. don't think a lot of people expected much from me from coming from motocross. Um yeah, I'll actually, to say that uh, also the deal I signed wasn't even a pro deal. I was supposed to be an expert class. Oh, really? Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't even a pro deal. So what got sent through while you're in Sweden? That's what I yep. got. That's what oh, I didn't. I didn't end up getting a different contract. Yep. I was just the contract I had. And then I think something happened with they MA. They cancelled the class. Something happened with MA or whatever, whoever ran the events. Yep. They weren't going to run expert classes for nationals. Mm. Mm. So they still had an expert class for state, 
So then, and I found that out when I showed up. I, I didn't really care. I just wanted to come over here and race. race I twice. honestly didn't care. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. And I'm looking at the start, like um, whoever's going to be in my class. Cause I was in E2, the 450 class. Yeah. So you had, um, what was it? Glenn Carney to come back from America on a Husky. And then they had Bartos Obluki from Poland, I think he's from, yeah. on that team. Hollis was there. There was like, I don't know, it was a ridiculous amount of riders Depth that were, thing. yeah, Pricey was racing then. He was, he'd won the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There was a massive class anyway. So I was like, all right, I'm not riding expert anymore. I'm the pro E2 class. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just, who just cares? I don't it. know yep. who, I know, I, I knew three or four riders that were going to race me. I didn't know the rest. And then, um, yeah, just went with it and actually getting up on the podium that year which was pretty cool yeah. so it's uh i mean yeah i can't really ask for much more than that like it was i don't think many people expected that to be honest so did you come from an rmz 450 yeah big change yeah That's yeah too. the yamahas were heaps more reliable <laughs> <laughs> well, well rmz 450 now is still the same one as you would have raced in a maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. well like i mean i loved the bikes when i rode them but i remember going to because in Sweden, you go through winter, Yep. can't really ride much quality. You can ride, but it's yep. not very quality riding. So before the racing starts, racing season starts, if you've got the funds for it and you want to yep. do well, you you have pack your van or caravan or whatever you got and you head down south to like Belgium, mm-hmm. Italy, Spain, Yeah, we normally went most. Yeah, Spain, Italy, Holland and Belgium. Belgium. They're like the main places yeah, you go. Yeah, France. Like out yeah. of Donk- Dunkirk, and, and what would that yeah. be? Mostly like sort of sand, like sandy, sort mostly of stuff? sand. Yeah. If you if it's go too to s- wet in Holland, you go, yeah. you just keep driving south. You go to Italy yeah. or something, and yeah. then you get hard pack, and then yeah. they put a massive amount of work into the tracks. Like you can come to a track, and there's half a meter of mud. Yeah. But they got four, five hundred riders that want to ride there and pay, what is it? 50 euro no, no. but it doesn't matter but like they sort of scrape. big money for a yeah. day of riding so there's big yeah. money for them to track open prep. the track so they'll have yeah. excavators there just pushing the mud aside wow. spending like they might open a bit later but they yeah. will get that track open no matter what and the track is always perfect and when mm. that mud dries out they put it back on the track and yeah. the track is perfect <laughs> so you can see why like the European riders at the moment yeah. like this era yeah. is just incredible yeah. right? the, yeah. the tracks that they're riding they ride so much they never get a, a smooth track. It's either a smoother morning and then it turns out yep. to be the deepest, sandiest track you've ever wow. seen, mm. or they ride mud, they ride everything. So. Yep. And when you go yeah. to Holland and Belgium and the, those sand tracks, you disappear in the ropes. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they're so big. Like during yeah. a practice day, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah, it's smooth <laughs> when you get there, but that turns around pretty quick because all the bloody... Um, um, yeah, the top riders, they're, they're practice on the yeah. same track as you and you just, oh, my God, yeah. these guys are here. <laughs> after after sort of 10 years here, yeah, does it seem foreign saying that, you know, you'd travel between these countries to ride bikes? Like like coming from Australia, mm. like hearing you talk about, oh, we're just going to go from Sweden to Holland to Italy just to race. Mm. Yeah. Like it just seems so foreign here to say that you're going to go between these countries, yeah. you know? Does yeah, it seem like that now? Yeah, just go there to practice. Just to practice, yeah. Like it. The weird thing, I reckon, is yep. when we normally say that, we just, oh, if we drive this far yep. here in Australia, if we got like a South Australia around, we yep. normally say, oh, we would have been in Italy now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so strange, yeah. And, yeah. But we're, same in the, if yep. we're still in the same country. Yeah. And when yeah. we had 
four-day in uh, Western Australia 2013. Yeah, that's a journey. We said, oh, I would have been in Portugal now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a journey and a half. Yeah. You drive other side of the country, people speak the same, yep. scenery almost yeah. the same. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. That's yeah. the cool thing over there. We've both been saying that we missed that. Maybe something you missed, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it, it changed so much. Yep. Scenery and cool cultures. with all cultures, yep. languages, everything yeah. just changed. That's mm. pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty much the same here. Like, it, like I, I feel like until you get further, further north, like when you get up to like Townsville or Cairns where it gets a mm. bit more old school Australian sort of speak and that, um, it's pretty much the same across most places here, really. Yeah. You know, culture-wise, it's pretty much the same like you can hop out anywhere and it's just the same thing yeah because so. even in sweden that's so tiny mm. but down south or all the way up north yeah i can't understand them oh really because it's so different the yeah, di- right. like the dialects Ang- oh, language is the same, same language but yeah, like the if you listen so. to it that yeah. don't understand the language you think they're two, two different languages really yeah mm. so just from top to bottom yeah. yeah. And what's the sort of distance in Sweden? Like, what's what is top to bottom? Like, what would you say was to be as big as, say, New South Wales? I think it's like no. twenty five hundred, like two thousand five hundred k's or something. Yeah, because it's long. long. It's pretty long. It's pretty but long. then it's, it's really skinny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I should know it, I yeah. guess, but I don't. Yeah. It's been a while <laughs> since we went. To yeah. yeah. <laughs> we live three hundred k's from each other. Yeah. And that's just like three hundred. Yeah. 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 Right. So how did you guys originally meet? At a, at a race, mutual yeah. trainer. Yeah, okay. uh, I didn't have, I didn't use him as a trainer. You had he, him as a sponsor. He sponsored us with gear because he was a trainer and also did yep. gear. And yeah. I had him as a trainer, yeah. so he in, just introduced us just because he was talking to me or something, and you walked past at one yeah. of the races or something, and then we started talking more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and that's the way. Yeah. Where it goes. How <clears throat> how do you keep sponsors for so long? You seem to have a good relationship with yeah. sponsor-wise and stuff. Like it's something that a lot of people don't do. Yeah, um, I think – I don't want to cut you short there, but I think a big thing is there can be stuff that pops up here and there that are yep. equal or a little bit better. But what's the point? Like I'd I rather build to. a relationship – or we both would rather yeah. build a relationship with someone that we can stick with and yep. not be, that, yeah, not be those them, people yeah. that just jump around if you get, you know – one extra set of gloves or yeah. whatever the deal is. I, don't, I just don't see the point. I think we're pretty on the same ball there. We'd, and we've been really lucky yeah. to get a good relationships yeah. with the ones we got and um, we're really happy with them. So, yeah, mm. yeah we've been really lucky as well to have mm. the sponsors that we have mm. and that they have been happy to stay with us. Because it's nice to see because there is so many people that just jump yeah. this deal to this deal because of a pair of gloves or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, it's just something I do see. Yeah. Both you guys, we both keep long-term we try like loyalty. You know? Yeah, there's there's certainly some sort of things that you sort of float into and then some opportunities just disappear sometimes yep. overnight. That just happens. Like mm. we ran a set of gear for a fair few years and they um, we found out literally a couple of weeks before the first round everything was supposed to be all right and then we found out that he had lost the dealership yeah. or something, lost oh, really? the importing rights. It hadn't yep. really told us. <laughs> Um, and then, um, but I think he turned out, I think he wanted to help us out kind of thing initially and just keep us in the gear, but he wasn't actually going to keep importing it. He was just going to mm. sell off his stock. Yeah. And like, and then, all right, so that, that, that's when we fell into Lusty. Like, they, we've been with them for a couple of years. And, yeah. And the fast house. Yeah, we try and stay. Like, shit, former boots, been with since 2014. Wow. Like, Yamaha, I've been with them since 11. You've been with them since 
what, yeah, 2007 Yamaha, or something? Oh, yeah, Scandinavia since 2008 wow. to 11 when we moved yep. here. And then it was one year when I bought the bike here. And then since 2012, Yamaha Australia. It's a long time. So. What were you riding over there? Was it a YZ or a WR? No, YZ. YZ, yep. yep. 250F? Yep. Yep. And you come straight on the WR450 straight into that uh, class. I was actually on a YZ. So 2011. Is that FX or whatever? Uh, no, they, no, they didn't exist in, uh, back then. So the the option was either the WR, which is like the, I don't know, it's a pretty old generation WR. There was mm. still a aluminium frame, but it wasn't like the current. It was the 04 setup. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. They were, I think they'd been around for a long time. Mm. So I was on the YZ the first couple of years here as well. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. Yeah. For yeah. many years, actually. Mm. Yeah. Well, until this new shit, model. 2014, probably. Yeah. Yeah. The I new evolution. Yeah. 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 But I was on that YZ, YZ and then Ballard, I think he was on the WR at the time, but all the other riders, like, the, they were on YZs. With, like, 87 TTR forks on it or something? <laughs> you loved them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Jeff would have had the... I think I tried them. I tried you them. tried them. Yeah. And um, they're pretty out there. Like, they feel plush as anything, but... Um, yeah. You got to go pretty slow for them to work. <laughs> I rode. I got to ride one of his bikes last year, one of his modern ones, yeah. with it on, and yeah, it's just so plush. Yeah, in it, it's just yeah. just you don't feel anything. Nothing. No. Yeah. So but then when you, you try to push it, it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're too soft when you try to push. That's what I yep, that's reckon it was anyway. Yeah. I've been riding for a long time. Yeah. I reckon that'd be the go for sure. Yeah, just yeah. soak everything yeah. up. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, if you've got stupid shoulders that can't handle <laughs> stuff, you just float along. Yeah, for so. sure. I mean, there's, there's positives and negatives with everything, I guess. Yeah. Like a really fast enduro bike is never a really comfortable bike sort of thing. Really? Not super comfortable anyway. So. Not if you're going for a trail ride. Yeah. Like your my race settings and your race settings yep. are not the most comfortable ones when you go for a trail mm-hmm. ride. Is that right? So tell me this. Say you go race a um, – you race motocross the other weekend. Yeah. What do you just do between – them and say an enduro do you bike, do you change the suspension and stuff like setting wise? Well, do you have a base? Ba- mainly, we don't have the facilities to just go and build, rebuild everything for like sure. just for a weekend because you we might have an enduro the next week. What about clickers or yeah. something? Yeah, we'll firm them up. We'll put maybe a bit more oil in the forks and yep. sort of stuff to help it stay up. We can run different spring rates and stuff. That's not very hard. But mm. um, generally, we don't really revalve them and stuff unless we've got something, you know, like. Oh, I'm going to do three, four MX Nationals and we'll have a bit more look at it. Yep. And, um, I actually really like mine on the motocross track. I mm. make it stiffer with the clicks. Yep, but that's uh, all. And that's yeah. enough for me. So and your setup's good straight away. Yeah, like I like it, it yep. but I have to go a bit harder on the clicks yep. and um, and then I like it on the motocross mm. if I just do that and then I just go a bit softer again when I get in the bush. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I don't really feel it's like good. I have to change yeah. it a yeah. lot. And then change sprocket a little bit if it's a lot faster. Yeah. But that's mainly. Less is more, eh? Like the yeah. less yeah. things you got to do, the better it is. Mm. But then the thing is also you can you can completely rebuild, rebuild your suspension, but then you're not quite sure how it works, what it does on certain things. So yeah. sometimes it's better to run with what you know and then mm. you can have that confidence in like, okay, if I hit this section like that, it's probably going to do like that yeah. or do something weird. Whereas if you just put a completely new setting in there, you don't really know it. So and you get lost uh, in it, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I think. I mean, 
Every, I mean, suspension's everything on a motorbike, I'd yep. say, almost, especially for enduro. Mm. Like, motor is pretty small part of going fast. Yep. Like, we're riding over rocks, we're going to, you know, through creeks and we're going through dips and going up hills where you need the bike to drive on loose rocks and stuff. So, suspension's, I'd say, about 80%, 90% of your mm. bike. And to trust it on all the different terrain you ride, so just to get that comfort, eh? yeah, you yeah. know, confidence and comfort. Yeah, I don't think it's worth putting like high comp pistons and you know all that fancy stuff. It's just get a bike that's yep. reliable for one, and then and obviously a stock, say a stock two fifty or a four fifty Yamaha that we've been yep. on for years. They're plenty fast enough. For the bikes are fast now, like, yeah. mm. like you don't really need to do too much like no. engine wise, eh? so. Yeah. What's the um so twenty? I'm guessing because the new bike in 2012, that was a new WR. I'm guessing you went over to that at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they changed. That was the update. That was the newest one. Whatnot. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And I was one of the few. Um, there wasn't that many on that. So we went back to private. I wasn't on the Ballard's team for that year. Yep. Went did two years. Sort of we did our own team. Um, yeah. Uh, for two years. Yep. And Twelve then, um, and thirteen. I was on them. Yeah, and then even with and then the fourteen, I was on activate. So factory yeah. Yamaha team again. Yep. He was was Ballard's around still then. Yeah, Ballard's was was there as well. Mm-hmm. But I was on that. I was on a four eighty or something. That same bike. Oh really? But um, that bike was pretty moody. Like that bike yep. was awesome on its day, but then it could be equally as bad on its day. And that was the activate. Bike. Yeah, not yeah. not necessarily no. because of activate. Just but that, that model. Twenty twelve model was. Yep. Like when things went right, it was unreal. Yep. But especially in wet conditions and stuff, it was really tricky to handle. Yeah, right. I found. It's funny how you like over the years, like you have these different ones that you remember. Yeah. Some good ones and that. Mm. You know how you turn over, say, two or three a year, whatever it is. Mm. Do you notice, say they're the same year model, do you notice a difference between the bikes? Definitely. Really? Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big gear. Yep. Yeah, Steph gets cranky yeah. at me sometimes. So I just, oh, I don't like this new bike. Yeah, it's, it's a new bike. I just, yeah, I love the motor, but they're stiff when they're new. Yeah, I right, love so it when it. it's like mm. 10 hours in, yep. everything's a bit softened up. It's gelled. Yeah, yeah I couldn't take a yeah. new bike to a race or something because it needs to be yep. ridden right, before because yeah. just soften everything up. I reckon a new bike is stiff in the frame and that. Yeah. So I notice a difference. You are not as bad with it. I, I like the freshness of a new motor. Yeah. I reckon five to ten hours that motor's as fast as any other bike. Not as fast as any other bike, but, but it is a best. massive mm. difference. Yep. Even after ten to fifteen hours, yep. it's a big difference. And I, I think that could be because we never run race fuels and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I like that's a one big thing with running race fuel is it burns clean, mm. but you get carbon build up in in your head and your pistons and stuff and then it just doesn't ignite quite as well yep so um yeah i think that five to ten hours is where it's, it's prime like a motor yeah so when i was on suzuki's in sweden we didn't have the the budget to have new bikes all the time and stuff but before every national i'd pull my bike apart and i'd clean uh put new pistons and stuff in yep. it most of the time but then clean the head and everything get every little bit of carbon build up off and that was the closest i could get to that bike feeling new that fresh and that feeling. was a big difference yeah, it's interesting, yeah. eh? It's, mm. it's it's all fuel and air. Yeah. Like if you're blocking something with a passage, like it's got to it's got to create some yeah. sort of mist. So it just doesn't yeah. ignite the same. I think it's yeah, the motor and everything, and then the throttle and the yeah. clutch, all this yeah. stuff is amazing on a new bike. And yep. 
don't get me wrong, I love a new bike, mm. but it's perfect when it's got like five hours on it. Yeah. Then it's just the best time. It's like home. You yeah. Know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool feeling when, actually, I was asked that, have you had a feeling on one that you've got, you know, and not a manufacturer problem that you just didn't gel with? Have you ever felt that? Yeah, I haven't necessarily had major ones because I always have suspensions generally like a lot of times I move it over for one bike if you're turning up a couple of bikes sometimes you move it over or build the same but you've had a couple of bikes where you've had a bad feeling and Mm. and you didn't like it and then some of them have blown up and that sort of stuff and it's been just know it yeah Yeah. you just sort of have that feeling yeah and then yeah I just oh there's something weird you just had a feeling yeah and then it's yeah blown up the week after or something yeah Yeah. Or, or it just doesn't doesn't run as well and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. What happened in so when you did your own thing, you mm. obviously had a van. You just travelled around in a van yeah. yourselves, did everything. Yeah, it was fully packed. Yeah. That van. <laughs> we we've had good way to a do couple it. Of, yeah, it's been it's yep. been a good way to do it. Like it's fun, and we've had a, over the years we've had a couple of different guys that have come with us um, to be a mechanic and try and help us yep. out. At some races. At some of the races, so yeah. we had in. Um, those first couple of years, we had a friend from the Blue Mountains, Mitch, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Litchfield. He came around. He's actually been over in America and mechanic for Watsy. And oh, really? His yeah. dad had Pro Rider back in the day yeah. or a couple of years back, which my dad actually started initially. Really? Oh, wow. So, but um, yeah, so he came with us and then we had another guy, Brian, from, um, from Geelong. He used to work for Craig Dack. Yep. He was Milner's mechanic mm-hmm. when he won his, I think, his first couple of... I can't remember which one. Couple but of championships. Or he something. was working yeah. with them for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, so he yeah. lost. He stopped working at um, CDR, and then we become really good friends and stuff like that. And then we're just like, "Oh, come and help us." Then it's kind of a bit of a joke almost, because yeah, well, he's probably got better things to do. <laughs> but um, he, no, he, he was like, "Yeah, sure. I'll, if you need a hand, I'll come yeah. and give you a hand." And then we sort of worked it out. Whereas we kind of flew him to some races, and then he yep. drove. Like he, yeah. Because we're yeah. good friends, it, like with his wife as well. Mm. Her and I are really good That's friends. Cool. And, yeah, so it was more almost it's spending social. time yeah, in yeah, the friends yeah. anyway. So. Do you find that with Enduro? There is some more of a social aspect compared to motocross? Yeah. yeah. A bit? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's it's super competitive. And, like, looking at the last, what, five, at least the last five years, like it's some of the fastest guys in the world. Yeah. But they're still all pretty good people. Mm. You know, like it's not... I don't know. It's just you're you're not racing each other in the sense. Sure, we have cross countries where you're racing each other, and it can be banging mm. bars towards the end of the race and stuff like that. But ninety percent of the time, we're racing the clock. So who cares who's next to you? Like the clock doesn't lie. It's yeah. not like you have to put him, um, you know, over a berm to mm. be in front of him. Like you go around a circuit on time. So whoever goes around fastest is the fastest Makes guy. Sense. So mm. I, I just yeah, there's not that level of um attitude yeah i don't think at the races i think it's also especially more back in the day when it was mainly the like um the enduro style you sort of maybe needed to help each other if something happens along the trails Mm. or something you knew you weren't gonna finish if you didn't help each other sort of consider it yeah i think it comes Mm. from that as well Mm. at least oh that's what i would guess and then um, motocross is more you're staying at the hotels and stuff but here we, most of the time we camp everyone's mm. camping and hanging out at night around a campfire 
It's a good, so. yeah, it seems like a good field, you know, it mm. really does. How have you, um, have you seen women's enduro develop in Australia since you came here? Oh, definitely, yeah. massively. Yeah, been yeah. good? Yeah, it's been yeah. really good. Seems like, like this year's obviously been an exception for every sport around the world, but it seems like a real healthy, like healthy environment. Mm. You know, it's growing. Um, the riders' levels, levels awesome. High. You know, the levels yeah. really high. Um, do you find that as well? Yeah, yep. the levels definitely stepped up. Like compared to when we moved over here, mm. compared to now, it's yeah, it's it's a fair few riders now. Girls to some races it can be like fifteen of us in the women's yep. class, which is awesome. When I came over, I think we were like seven or something, but it was only two almost to three of us that was fast. Yep. And then, and all of us have stepped it up even more now. Some races now, it's a bit sad that it might not be as many, but the ones that are there, the first five at least, are sort of fast, mm. and then it's a gap, and it's a little bit slower, but there's more and more getting in there. Mm. And then the motocross, that's, oh, I reckon that's, that's grown yeah. heaps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and the speed. It's actually a battle there yeah. all the time now. Yeah, it's proper, like proper racing across the whole class. You yeah. Know, there's always someone to race with yeah. fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. How, do, how do you think there'd be a way to improve it? Do you think there'd be, a, like, to get more people into it? To What do, what do you think, what do you think, like, what do both of you think to get more people into enduro? What do you think the, the best method is? Um, I don't know. One thing I think yeah. is that um, they need to advertise the races a little bit more. Cause For sure we don't get any spectators at the nationals. Mm. And a lot of people, when we come to the smallest towns and that they don't even know the nationals is on mm. so if we get more spectators more people get to know about the sport and see the sport and mm. see how good it is and hanging out with friends and then you'll get to race at the same time and i think that's a big thing yeah, yeah. It's, it just keeps families together as well yeah like, sure. <clears throat> i grew up racing you grew up racing mm. i mean how many teenagers do you see spending time with their family like on a weekend like they want to go hang out with friends, they want to go sure. to parties, they want to do this. And yeah. I'm sure we've done that as well. But I, I just genuinely think that it's a sport that you can't do on your own. When mm -hmm. you're growing up, you need your family there. Yep. Unless you're living in America and you've got some millionaire <laughs> paying you to go <laughs> to race with these race teams. But like you genuinely need your family and you can't do it on your own. So it sure. keeps you away from a lot of other stuff that, you know, yeah, it's takes people down the wrong path. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's a shame that don't get even more people to do it. So I think it's just somehow educating people of what it is and what it involves. And it's actually a funny story. Um, got, uh, guys that I work with, um, they have all young kids. They all have young kids. And then some of them are, come from surfing background, like semi-pro surfing. Wow. Some of them are just, you know, they just work. They're just normal workers and then all that sort of stuff. And then we're doing some work for... Some pretty um, like famous artists at the moment in uh, where are we working? Is he a singer? No, uh, so artists. When I say artists, it's um, um, painting and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're not motorbike people, right? Yep. And then the guys I work with, they have like every Wednesday night, they have uh, at one of the guys' parents' like property, they have like little Wednesday night GPS. They're all on <laughs> PW50s, yeah. like little little That's mini awesome. bikes for their kids. Yep. And they all get a lot, like get together, have a great time. The kids are loving it and everything. And um, and we um, 
we've been talking to these clients of ours, like, you've got to come because they've got young kids. Like, mm-hmm. come up one, one, uh, one Wednesday sort of thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it. And I think they've talked about it for six to eight weeks. Yeah. And then I think it was two weeks ago they came out. We were on the job on the Wednesday and James I'm working for, he's like, all right, so you're coming tonight. He doesn't give him an opportunity. He's like, he doesn't say like, oh, do you guys want to come? He's like, sorry, you're coming tonight. Like, like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, no, you're coming. They're like, okay, let's go. So they brought their little, uh, I think he's I'm not sure on the age, maybe seven, eight years yep. old, Vinny. And he's not a motorbike kind of guy. He's just hasn't grown up in that environment. Mm-hmm. He just dad hasn't grown up in that environment. And they went there and they had like the best time of their lives. Oh. And they come home and um, they came, came to work the next day and I was hearing all these stories from Vinny, like he'd never been on a motorbike before. And it's like, apparently that night after he'd been riding and everything, he'd said to his dad, dad, I've had the most magnificent day of my, <laughs> my life, the most magical day of my life. And it's pretty easy too. You know, like, <laughs> wow, it was pretty, it's easy. pretty easy. But he was riding around and didn't want to stop. And it's <laughs> like, like that kid probably never would have seen a motorbike well, or touched a motorbike, if yep. not for a long time anyway, if it wasn't for introducing him to that. So mm-hmm. a lot of people out there don't know that they would enjoy it. Like he probably never really thought about riding a motorbike. Well, the parents never ridden a bike. But So back to your question is how to make people get into the sport more is just introduce it to them somehow. So mm-hmm. it might just be seeing it. Like it could be heaps of people, like wherever we're racing, if they can just get their kids out there and have a look at it, like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I might try my friend's bike next weekend and then they fall in love with it. But if you don't don't get spectators to races, if you don't promote it, then yeah, you're just going to get the same people coming there. Yeah. So, and, and the same people are people that are going to come, even if it's advertised or not. Yeah, it's exactly. the races, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, or people in the know, you know, yeah. know that it's going to be on. So you need it needs to be out there. Yeah, it really does. So for sure, it's it's a good sport. It's yeah, like it's brought us to a different country. It's yep. given us heaps of different opportunities, and it doesn't do that for everyone. Like you got to work hard to mm. to get good opportunities. But like, and you don't have to do it on that level, that level either. Sure. Like even if you're just going riding for fun you still do it as a family most of the time or you do it as with a group of friends when you get older and you don't have need your parents to drive you but you still go with them yeah it's a really social sport Mm. what i what i see with it too is like there's so many weekend warriors myself Mm. like that go ride pretty much some of the tracks that you'd be racing on some of the things Mm. That think that racing, oh, I can't go and race because it's for pros only. Yeah. You know, but you're going to be riding a, a lot of the same sort of terrain at least. Yeah. Um, be good to be able to try and convert those people, yeah. you know, more of those sorts of folk over. And I know with road racing, mm. they do it with the track days, you know, like the club that I'm associated with in Queensland. Yeah. They have, you know, come and try day. So you come okay. and try the track. And then the next season, might be might 30 be people come and try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of them might sign up, but that's two extra people in the sport, you know. I thought for that was sure. a real good initiative, but... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's been a good day in racing life for both of you? A good day... In racing life. In racing life. What's been a fun one? It's one of those days when you're not limping around, you're not injured. <laughs> yeah. But, they're good um, days. Yeah, they're the good days. But, I mean, shit, there's so many good days. Like, yeah. I think we both love everything about it, like when it comes to training and riding and everything, so, like... Or do you mean a special memory? Special memory as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's a good day? Like, what's been a... Uh, my, probably my best. Yeah. Oh, i got a couple. Yeah. But some of the best is, of course, the good, when you have a good results. For sure. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Um, two of the best ones is when I won the European Championship round in Italy. Yeah. It was on a, a borrowed bike, it was 2013. I was on a KDM 350 because that's all I could get hold of over there. And they must have only just came out too. Huh? They must have been pretty new. Uh, 350s must mm. have been. Yeah, maybe. I yeah. don't know actually. But um, I just had the best time because over there it's, everyone just loves it. There were spectators everywhere. They were sharing you on on the trails. And, wow. yeah, and I won it. So they just wanted to come up and talk to you. And, and I didn't expect it at all because it was just a borrowed bike. And the reason I went there was to the Swedish six-day team. Because I lived here, they wouldn't pick me if I didn't do a race over in Europe. So I went oh. to that round just to race it. Just to qualify. Just to qualify to get picked for the six-day team. Mm. And wow. I beat all the other Swedes because I won it. So that was, a, that was pretty good. That was a good feeling. That's a special day. Yeah. yeah. So is that something that they still do? You still got to race it to do a six-day? Yeah, they still home? want me to race over there. That's sort of why last year I went home in the summer yeah. to do that one race as well. Yeah. Just to try to get picked for the six-day team, and not that it's yeah. crazy. Like I understand it, but it's 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 a big yeah, it's a big journey. It, it yeah. makes sense if you live in Sweden and you're just racing nationals, and they want to see you race a European round or a world round or something mm. to prove that you can race in these tough conditions. But when you're racing over here, and Emily's been battling and and um, racing with the girls, top girls over here, which had they're winning they're the six, six days in a row. You think that that might be enough? It's like a credibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. so, yeah. It's but a bit, yeah. It's a bit both. I that's guess. politics in sport. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. And I think it's a lot. The other riders, it's a big thing. I think if, for sure. If they don't get picked, then I get picked over them, and some of them might not even know who I am because I live here, mm. and I think they get can feel a bit left out maybe yeah, i think it's so they can probably. back it up a bit maybe yeah it's actually on paper there yeah. you know they have to see it yeah what's so is that what it's like over there like an event like there's crowds it's like oh. definitely more crowds yeah it's, it's just more of an interest of going yeah. to race because it's a big sport hey enduro yeah. Mm. yeah yeah and the motocrosses as well i did sure. a motocross round as well when i went over last year yeah it's just packed it's mm. That's it's cool. completely different and, yeah, especially the enduro ones. When you see people out on the trails and stuff, if there's packed in one spot, it's the same as the sixth day. Yep. You just, oh, something's technical. Is he has a yeah. bad heel or something because there's people everywhere. That's crazy. But it's sort of fun. It's a really cool feeling as well, especially if you make it through and they just share you on and scream. So you can hear it over the bar? Oh, yeah. They are yeah. screaming. They get out on the track. They chainsaws oh, really? and they yeah. do it. They just go flat yeah. out. Yeah, that's cool. Noise. Yeah. What's a sixth day like? tough but heaps of fun and um, I haven't had a really good six day though Mm. I've done four but haven't had a good one because I've been on borrowed bikes all the time it's the first couple I did it wasn't on a Yamaha and then it's yeah it's been a bit hard because I haven't had my own suspension I haven't had my own bike I just so want to do it on my bike one year yeah What happens, say in that case, like do you do you go to Team Sweden? Do you all go into one truck or like what happens when you go back to a six day or do you are you an individual riding for Team Sweden? 
You've been part of the team. Yeah. Part of the team? Yeah. Do they supply like a mechanic or something? Or Yeah, they yeah. are actually really good with um, the whole six-day six thing. Yep. They've been helping me out to get over there and stuff and try to sort everything out for everyone. They're helping yep. all the Swedes heaps and they have mechanics there. But all of us also have to bring like a person with mm-hmm. us. I think Australia have to do that as well yep. to help out. And they normally have like, oh, if it's close, they got a big trailer coming down with the massive setup. We had that, the, all yeah. the Husqvarna team yep. truck last year that's uh, turned into like the um, Swedish Federation truck now. So they use oh, that. Really? Yeah. Semi. Like the Husqvarna a semi. team truck. The yeah, X the X one. Yeah. They turned that in for like the MA, but the Swedish Federation yep. then, and striped it all and just as a Swedish one. That's cool. And they used that and we just packed everything, all our stuff in there. And then we flew down to Portugal and they just drove it and we just met them there. So Everything's was, ready? Yep. Mm. Oh, that's cool. And we didn't have to do it set up. They just did that and... Rolled our bikes out and then such a different way, hey? Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty just good. Yeah, like then it's smart. The Aussies way. have to fly containers over there yeah. or whatever. Do they, yeah, you need a massive setup for a six day. Yeah. Such a huge thing, yeah. Hey? Yeah. What's well, the biggest? It's probably the biggest uh, off road. Yeah. Enduro, enduro event anyway, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, world? especially with different. Not sure about numbers, but it's definitely one of the most extensive yep. races like biggest races and mm. most you know the fastest riders sort of thing in the in the world so what's your background with Husqvarna have um, your dad born in Husqvarna or something is that right yeah like that I, I grew up in the town of Husqvarna, of Husqvarna hey. yeah so and that's Husqvarna motorcycle absolutely well. yeah. yeah so the town is where the Husqvarna brand started, started. yeah uh, it started with I think they started making guns back in the day oh really yep and then they went to I don't know in what what sort of Cat, yeah, how they stuff. went for that was like right. guns and then motorbikes and obviously chainsaws yep. and that sort of stuff and sewing machines. Sewing machines, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and the the original factory is there still. Is and it? That's, uh, there's a part of it is like most of it's functional. Like they still run it as like a, a functioning industrial. Factory. Yeah. And then uh, I think they make I think they make sewing machines and maybe chainsaws there, I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure, but, but it's a massive museum. They have there. a big museum there. Yeah. yeah. So there's like all old bikes and stuff in there. It's a pretty cool museum. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Huge part uh, of the town, hey? Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely. a really nice to- uh, town, I yeah. reckon, with some water flowing through and yeah, yeah. yeah it's really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. So cool. that's what brought like my old man over here. He was riding for Husqvarna. In Sweden, he was oh shit, he was only in his early twenties or something like that. So had he ever been here before this? Like never. Purely to so race motocross. He got an opportunity to come over here, and he's like, "Why not?" Wasn't it seventy eight? Seventy eight. Yeah. His first racing season was seventy eight. Here. Mm. Yeah. And for those that are listening and don't like, that's Pele Grenquist, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And so he started his career in Oz in seventy eight. Yeah, he started his uh, Australian career here. Yep. He'd raced um, over in Europe yep. and don't think he was – I'm don't. i not sure if he'd done any world rounds before. Mm-hmm. He might have done the odd one, world motocross rounds, but he came over here, did – I think it was three seasons maybe. Mm-hmm. He won like some championships and stuff like that. And Mr. Motocross, Mr. motocross stuff. And, yeah. and, um, he's, that's why uh, – yeah. 
I know he's won a lot of stuff, but it's nothing that's really been talked about that much. He's, right. We all know that he was a good rider, but he's, yeah, he doesn't talk much of it. He's never had trophies up in the house. Really? Like, always been in boxes. There might, I think I have a memory of... Um, it was one. A memory of one trophy that was always somewhere, mm. and it was like a, a wooden trophy, and yeah. it was the outline of Australia, like the country. Really? And I can't remember what it was Cause from. Because yeah. I even seen that one. Not sure what it was yeah. even. But he never spoke wrong. of it too much or not? Like, I even remember growing up when I was in, like, mid-teens and stuff, trying to, you know, get some information yep. out of him and stuff like that. And he, he just, uh, yeah, I, not that he didn't talk about it, but it wasn't, didn't interest him that much. He's like, oh, that was, that was ages ago. Like, Different part of the yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing with him is, like, when he stopped racing, like, properly, like, he went from motocross and then into enduro. When he sort of stopped racing... He hardly rode a bike again. Like he rode every now and then. Really? Just like the once a year or something? Yeah, just like, no, nah, like we rode. My brother was always riding a lot yep. when we were younger. So he was out with him and stuff. And I just remember like he, yeah, he didn't really care too much of it. But when he once, when he got on a bike, he'd ride for like an hour, do like an hour motor around a motor. <laughs> yeah, straight and then away. He was yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was fun. All right, I'll ride again in two years. Two years time. Yeah. yeah. Can you guys see yourselves doing that? Like, or do you enjoy it too much? Like just one day just going, no, nah, that's it. Yeah, no. Nah. I couldn't, I don't think, I don't want to. Nah. I hope I don't ever stop. Just want to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, at the moment I just, I can't see myself yeah. quitting. Like fully, of course, not racing on the yeah. same level. But we've both been saying yeah. I always, I hope I always have a bike and yeah. have that opportunity to have a bike yeah. all the time. Like Because when you're so involved, like you're racing it and that, mm. You're riding, you're practicing on them. Mm. I just find it so difficult to think about just turning the tap off one day and just yeah. not doing it again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it could be hard. Some people might put that much in. Like, we all put a lot into it as well, but for, for, for a lot of people, winning is everything. Like, mm. winning is just the only thing. It's not fun if it's not winning. Mm. And it's been like that for me a long time. Like, maybe not a, might not have won a lot, but, like, getting quality results. Otherwise, shit day, like. But in the past couple of years, I can still enjoy having an off day. Yeah. Like, that's probably because I'm getting a bit older. <laughs> and I don't really care about We're that much really, anymore. We're not really. We sort like, of. But it's not everything anymore. So are you, like, you're, you're a pretty cruisy guy. You surf, you mountain mm. bike, you do a lot of yeah. fun activity. Were you a pretty tense 25-year-old racer? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Very. <laughs> Very tense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that was everything to me yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Like, uh, that was what I wanted he to do. He was sort of, everyone knew Stefan in Sweden at the races. <laughs> well, like, there's like a, peri- was, a perimeter. It was pretty. It could be a bit fiery. It could, at times, could yeah. be a bit fiery. Yeah. Easy. I got a good said. story, actually. Tell us. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I got a fair few stories. <laughs> Tell us. A lot, of, a lot of stories. But there's one story that I think, that I think is almost almost good for me sort of thing so we've been this is on one of those um pre-season trips down in in italy mm-hmm. and um i'd ridden i don't know like four days in a row and we've been in holland and we've been riding so much and i was just like no i need a, a, um, a rest day i'm gonna because we're gonna spend a couple of days in northern italy i think is a, a, a track that's pretty sure not up and running anymore but it's like the best track in the universe called asti Mm-hmm. It is, you look it up, like it is. It's amazing. Ask anyone that raced in the 90s or 2000s or whatever, like it is the Asti's best the track in the world. Mm. Yeah. And this is my first time going to this track. 
And I was like, I've ridden four days in a row. My body's sore. Like, I'm not going to ride. And the conditions were perfect. But I, I sat out half the day like, no, no, I'm not riding. I need to rest. We're going to be here for a couple of days. Anyway, so I'd sat around watching and I'm pretty sure there was some really fast guys there. I can't remember who it was, but it was on a Yamaha 250 factory Yamaha. Mm. I think it was Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn. I think it was on a 250 back then. Full, full Euro factory. Full factory yep. Yamaha, yeah. And he was riding around. And anyway, so, <clears throat> and then in the end, just after lunch, I'm like, nah, all right, I'm going, I'm riding. I can't sit here anymore. And I gear up and I'm super excited. I'm that excited. I do like sort of half a sight lap around the track <clears throat> and I come around, it's all up and down hills. And I come around and there's this sort of pretty decent size, I don't know if it was a step down or just a decent size tabletop, but down a hill. And then there's like a pretty decent hill continuous after this jump. And as I jump, going down this jump, my bike stops in the middle of the air. And I'm just going, just sailing like quiet, just like on my way to death. And um, literally landed on the front wheel and wiggle, wiggle, and then crashed. So I didn't fully cartwheel because that would have been pretty nasty. And then I just, I was that angry. I knew exactly what happened straight away. I was just that angry. It was ridiculous. I just brushed myself off. I wasn't badly injured, but I was pretty bruised and hardly any skin left on my arm. Walked my car, I uh, walked my bike back to the car, down to the pits. And people were like, what, what, the, what the hell happened? My brother was there, a couple other friends. Like, what the freaking hell? What was that your first lap? Like, I just had a fucking ran out of fuel. Just parked my bike, took my helmet off, went behind the van and I smashed my helmet to the to uh, tow bar and left it on. Like the, the tow bar went through the helmet. I was there just watching him. Yeah, I smashed my helmet and I just walked off. So what is this? It this was is a new way. helmet. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so you guys would have just probably been together not, not too long. We'd, I don't know when was this. It was 2010. This was the last yeah. season before we moved before over we here. Moved and I so was like, we got together in 2008. So we've been together yeah. for two years then. So two years in, yet so you smashing yeah. his helmet across the table. Everything. I was just so yeah. angry. I was just so furious because I was like, I could have died then. For sure. Just because I didn't pull fuel on my bike. Yeah. So that, but that's how my brain worked at the time. Like I was just, just angry with myself. So I was like, <laughs> I got to get this fury out of me somehow. <laughs> and off so, goes the helmet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's he calmed down as old as being getting yeah. but um yeah it's been a lot of that stuff going on especially in sweden and he was known for cr having crashing in sweden yeah and it was never small crashes no. it was always coming flying through there Big and ones. just these massive ones and everyone knew yeah. oh that's grandquist again <laughs> <laughs> so were you, a were you a sender i oh, think so, yeah. that's what it is i didn't and actually wild. race yeah, okay. i didn't race until i was like 15 16. Really? Yeah. So I raced, I rode from when I was a kid to like 10, yep. 12, just rode, didn't have a license or in, anything. In down here, in obviously. Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, well, well, I was, we moved from here to Australia, uh, to Sweden when I was seven. Seven. Yeah. So I rode for like a couple of years there. And then I just got into soccer, skateboarding, all that sort of stuff. And I didn't really, wasn't that interested in motorbikes. Mm. So my bro but my brother kept going. So that was my, we always went to races and my dad was there with him and stuff. And I just, wasn't interested, but then started coming with my brother a couple of times when I was like 15, and then started racing when I was 16. And then going from, of riding when I was a kid, but I was just, not, like I was just loose. I was, wasn't very good, but I went from being super slow and loose to going quicker, 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 and I just gradually got fast. 
Bastille loose. But just, yeah, <laughs> just, just didn't have a clue. The what technique was there. Technique whatsoever. So I went from going like gradually going super fast. Like when I say super fast, this is just like June, like national level. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, but my level just went that much higher that quick, and I just kept on crashing. I couldn't stay on the ground. Like just weird stuff all the time. So really, even up until when we moved out here, I was still. The first couple of years here was a bit. Yeah, right. So even out here, I always have a crack. Like I remember the the first race here in Buladilla, the first nationals we did when you were on Ballard's team. Yeah, you had such a bad concussion that you did not know where you were when you came back in. Wow. It's like the first race here, just come (laughs) on. (laughs) What have you done to me? So I've always had that. So I think, but then it's funny though, because then the second, like this last. 10 years, I've turned into being like a pretty smooth, consistent consistent yeah. rider. Maybe mm-hmm. not the fastest rider, but I'm, I think I'm considered to be fairly smooth. Where'd you get your technique from? Obviously, you've, you've, you've both practiced on technique so much to a point now. Did you go to like a training thing or something mm-hmm. at one point? I never ever had a trainer. You've had a few You've trainers. A trainer? I had two trainers. Yeah. 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 In Sweden, I haven't okay. had anyone here. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did a lot of technique. My technique used to be better than what it is now because really? if you don't keep it up, yeah, it, yeah, you need to keep it up. I wish I did. I Bad wish I had same. some of my. That's the thing. Mm. The little things. Yeah. So I wish I had some of them here. When mm. I go back, I've been training a couple of times with uh, Anders Eriksson. He's mm-hmm. a seven-time world champion in Juro. So I've been doing a couple of camps with him when I, the times I've been back to Sweden and he's amazing. Really? I wish he was here, so yeah, good practice handy. with him. Mm. But yeah, he's really good at explaining stuff. And so sometimes I try to bring that back here and keep practice, but then sort of get into the habit and sometimes you feel like, because we worked during the week and we would ride on the weekends and you feel like you only got this amount of time. Yep. You just try to do what you can oh. with that and you don't really spend it on technical stuff but you should <laughs> so what sort of things do they do like drills like repeat drills or something like that yeah, yeah and just heaps of position training yep. and maybe no brakes no clutch and one hand rides yeah just oh, really? so like yeah, a flat just, corner just on using one hand just oh, wow. to get more so what do you what do you what stuff. do you think you'd get out of riding with one hand I know on the road, like we do that with road bike training mm. quite a bit and it's about using your body more. Yeah. So is that using the same? Your, using your knees, using, using your, knees your core. Using your hips and yeah. stuff. Just so engaging that side yeah. of things. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, yeah, heaps of different stuff. Wow. And, and then, it just sounds uh, so weird on mm. dirt. <laughs> you can't necessarily do it on a super rough yeah, track, but you want, yeah, something yeah. like corner tracks and stuff like yeah. that. Mm. Wow. And then, yeah, when you're not using brakes and clutch and that, just to get smoother. Mm. So the smooth, smooth is the thing though, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's all about that. Yeah, so. a combination of smoothing and aggression, but you've got to find that limit. Yep. If you go over the limit all the time, you're just going to be on the ground. So. Mm. What's a good yeah. Stefan story that you can think of? We've got the helmet smashed these times. Uh. You said you had one. Yeah, that's one I thought about as well. And then... Oh. Without getting him into strife, obviously, with him himself, but... You did break your hand once from getting angry. I don't know if I want mm. to say that whole thing, but uh, smashing the wall from being angry yeah. with just stuff happening with the, yeah. not the results you want. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I don't know. 
it's just a fair few here and there. Yep. I got more like crashes, I think, more, and Big then ones. you're angry after, but yeah, from being loose. I remember that one in the first round of the year. We go to a really, in Sweden, it's a really soft sand track. We mm -hmm. normally start off the motocross nationals there because mm -hmm. it can still be a bit wet. So the first rounds are normally sandy. Deep sand. Deep sand, so because it can take the rain. Take, absorb it, yeah. Yeah. And my mom, she's she's definitely not the one that got uh, me and my brother into riding. <laughs> she's she not a fan? Oh, she she only comes because we love it. Mm. She's not a fan of motorbike riding. She's never, ever been riding and she's not into that stuff. But uh, she loves that we, like, loves it yep. and just comes with us. But, uh, yeah, just to support us. But she never watched a motocross start. She just, no, nah, I don't need to see don't that. No. And so she like leaves the first lap and then she sort of walks out and she just, oh, I need to watch Steph because we got together then. Yeah. And um, she went out and <laughs> watched him. It was this big straight and she just, she just, did you really have to do that in front of me? She just right. sees him coming flying like he just the got bike. them without oh, yeah. the bike <laughs> just, just through the air just... <laughs> I remember that uh, crash. Yeah. I was flying like a helicopter horizontally like Yeah, like, like oh, this. Really? Yeah. Pancake. You know, yeah. you know how sand can grab you, but yeah. it was like down this fast straight. Wow. And I think I might have, I'm thinking I might have like bottomed out the shock somehow. And then and it just sidestepped. Straight. And it was like one or two. So you get that movement and then just flung me. And I was literally laying horizontal, just flying, doing And it was like a long way and it was right where she was standing and she just, just turned, turned around and just walked back yeah. again. She just, yeah, I don't need to come out yeah. and watch again. But And then, yeah, it was a lot of those big crashes, but you've been pretty lucky with injuries come, if you think about all the crashes mm. you had. Tell me about ACL. How did you do that? That was, that was, yeah. I would say it's not my fault, but that's a weird. It was a weird injury because <laughs> that was um, first lap of a of a national motor. It wasn't a national. It was like a yeah. It was a national motocross, but it was we have different types of races in Sweden, mm -hmm. like club nationals. Anyway, anyway, so this is first lap, and I got a decent start, and then high sided or did had some sort of crash at yep. the end of this straight coming into a corner. It was actually probably almost halfway down this straight because it was still people going pretty fast mm -hmm. and then because I was one of the top say four or five I remember crashing and then standing up being a bit dazed and I clearly mem uh, remember looking at a guy coming straight for me and I for me it felt like I was standing there for you know a minute wondering where this guy was going to go but it probably was only a couple of seconds but I really clearly remember seeing this guy coming straight for me and I felt like I was standing in the middle of the track going like which way is he going to go He's going straight for me. Like, which way do I go? Yeah. And then just literally before he hit me, I jumped out of the way. And he actually, his front wheel hit the inside of my left yeah. leg and spun me around into the air. And then like literally when the front wheel hit my inside of the leg, my knee just went like that. Go and on. just ACL, other ligaments, and yeah, Everything. just made a mess of the whole thing. So you have a full knee reco? Had a full ACL and whatever. Full one, yeah. yeah. Didn't do the MCL, but that's the other the side, I think. Or medial. Yeah, whatever, whatever. it is. Yep. But it, yeah, did some serious damage. Like my knee was just like, I remember sitting like on a, the side of my van afterwards and I took my boots off and stuff and my, my, I could just sit there, my knee would just go like that. Just. Ah, uh, yuck. Yeah. How do you go so. now? Like you, you started surfing. 
two years ago? Yeah, just over two years ago. Does your knee give you any grief surfing? At times it can. Yeah. But um, the knee that I've had surgery on is what I would call my good knee at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, my other knee has been a little bit troublesome over the last couple of years. Yeah. So um, that can play up a bit. I think it might be maybe a meniscus thing because yep. it just every now and then locks up a little bit and it can get like inflamed. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's something in there. Something which floating. doesn't hold me up, doesn't hurt me as much as I want to go and, you know, get surgery on it right now. But um, I'm thinking a little bit down further down the track, it might have to do something about that one. But. Have you had any joint issues, knees, shoulders? Um, I had a... I did my knee at... Uh, what was it? Two... But the Finland. outside? No, the knee was in Sweden 2017. The European Championship. Oh, really? But my biggest one is my arm, and I had a compound. Yeah. And shattered, did shattered a collarbone. Shattered a collarbone at the same time, and yeah. a really bad concussion. Mm. So I still can't remember anything from it. It's gone. But yeah, that day is sort of gone. But um, how do you go with the concussions? Do you have any issues? No, because you would have uh, had a few, saying the big crashes and that. I'll probably count five to six proper big concussions. Ones. Yeah, and I've always. Most of the time, been pretty careful afterwards. Yeah, I think I had and three big ones. Yeah, and I think we've been. Yeah, pretty, but mm. we've been because I think they take them more serious in Sweden than here. So we sort of got brought up with a, you shouldn't the smarts like yeah. concussion educated. is educated. almost <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah concussion is worse than a broken bone because. Just because it. you can't see it doesn't mean it's bad mm. sort of thing. Here people go, with, oh, it was, oh, ha, shit, how are you? If someone crashed and you ask them and they just, oh, it was just a concussion, just just a concussion? Mm. That's almost worse because you can get problems further down the line. Sure. Mm. we got a friend over there. He got problems now. He had... He lost a fair bit of his eyesight and left yeah. eye after concussion. concussion. Yeah, but he had a couple later and on. Then he, the second concussion, he had like this big grey spot in his eye, and I'm pretty sure he still has it. Yeah, I so he stopped so. riding altogether. Yeah, it can be. It, there's been so many times like you go out and you just see, oh no, you'll be, you get back up, you'll be, you'll yeah. be right, because you, mm. you don't know you've been concussed no. at the start. You probably. An hour later, you start to feel that. Yeah. yeah. Or generally, if you have a decent concussion, you you get those the common signs. You know, you're asking the same question over yep. and over again. And if you get, yeah, I don't think you have to be super concussed, but like a, you know, sometimes some people throw up and all that sort mm. of stuff. But I don't think I ever done that when I've been concussed. I haven't been throwing up. I've been just repeating myself. Mm. Saying it's the same thing, having no it's idea very what's strange going when on. It happens, eh? Yeah, you can't take. You, you think they're taking the piss. You don't. You do. It, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like when I had a. I had a big yeah. one up at Sunny <laughs> Corner. Yeah. That one in Sunny Corner. Apparently, I was out for a long time because yeah. was it Wonka? Some one of his friends came up you to me. You heard this like a year later. Yeah. He thought you were dead. <laughs> he thought I was dead because I was laying there for a, for and a while. Up by yourself. And then when he got there, sort of waking up again, but he said I started a couple of minutes in front of him. Wow. It was a, we were doing sprints. And um, he said, and then when he got there and he like shaking me around, that's when I sort of jumped up again and I jumped on the bike 
And he just, oh, you shouldn't ride. I just, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. And I just drove the, yeah. that's amazing. How can I find my way back? But apparently I followed the track as he did. I'm not going to let her go. So he rode with me all yeah. the way in. But I just followed the track all the way in. And you guys heard that something we started, happened. No, this is like, you'd been gone forever. Probably 15 minutes past from when you should have been back from your test. Mm. Like from, from a 15 minute test. Yep. So like, okay, something's happened. Then we got reports that Emily's crashed. Okay, but we didn't know what was what. And then we didn't know exactly where you were, but we knew sort of where you were. And you couldn't like drive down there because it's the, the way that track's laid out. You sort of, sort of bushland and stuff. So me and someone else. Cormac. Cormac. Tom yeah. McCormack. We started walking mm-hmm. down because we we'd, I think we'd finished our day. Yeah. Otherwise we probably wouldn't It was the down. last sprint of the day. <laughs> yeah. It was the last sprint yeah. and I had a perfect day and been riding this track the whole time. Yeah. Apparently I hit a wombat hole that been like collapsing. Oh, really? That we'd been riding over all day the but wheeling. then it collapsed Some or something. Some sort of big crash, yeah. 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 We, we started walking down and then you came back. I like, came up. Came, yeah, came back up mm. there and you didn't know where you were, didn't know anything. That's what you, as you said, though, it's like someone's taking the piss. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, oh, because if you don't know. Yeah. So one of our, uh, one of my close friends, there's a place up up in Bris- or two hours west of Brizzy called Black Duck Valley. Mm. It used to be like a ride park. It was before ride parks were sort of a thing. And it was just this hard ground. It was mm. motocross tracks. We, we used to go out there every weekend. It was just good fun. And same deal with him. He, uh, didn't realise he'd hit his head mm. and he crashed, but we didn't see it or anything. He got back up, rode, we were in the car on the way home and he's we talking and we didn't know anything. There was no scratches mm. on the helmet or anything. And we were like 23, 20, oblivious to the education. Mm. He said something and half an hour later, the same topic. Same thing. We just sort of didn't know anything about concussions either. And then same thing, so we went back home. My mum's a nurse. What's mm. going on? Oh, you need to keep an eye on him. Like it's, ser- yeah. it's, it's serious, you mm. know, and you... Yeah, it needs to be something that's told more, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so. it's, yeah, it's definitely scary. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to someone that is in that stage, if they're just com- repeating everything, you're not sure what to do because no. you just, uh, are you kidding? Yeah, like yeah, you, you're joking. you always mm. think they're joking to start yeah. with, and then you just, oh no, and then this it's scary. scary. Yeah, it's probably scary. So. Yeah, probably one of my least. Um, <laughs> Proud of moments in racing. Yep. Just because, just in terms of how everything happened. So this is, um, I was racing in Sweden and I had one of my really good close mates mechanicing for me. Mm-hmm. And he used to race himself and he helped me, like he put aside a lot of time that year to come yep. to races and help me. And this was a time qualifying um, of the Swedish nationals. And I'm out there trying to put down a heater and then my shifter uh, I think I'd had to, I think I tweaked the shifter, like gear shifter the week before or something, so I'd put a new shifter on. Yep. And then, anyway, whatever happened was a couple laps into the time qualifying, I only had like 15 minutes to put down a heater. And my shifter, I must have stood on it. Something happened, but it like blew all the splines out, so the shifter dropped. Yep. Couldn't change gears. So I get into the, get into the pits all flustered, and I'm like, oh, need to get, you know, Get, I, I had a shifter in like in the gear bag just for stuff because you need yep. to have spare bits and pieces. It's like, oh, get that out, get that out. Like, and I was going through the tools. I didn't even let him do it. I'm like, oh, I've got to get this. I've only got like 10 minutes to I go. I was there in the pits with him, yeah. with his mechanic. 
And yeah. Steph just grabbed the backpack Grabbing the bag, and just pointed it out. Like, out. I need to fix yeah. this now. Like, <laughs> you like, couldn't find an eight mil for the for that bottle. The most common thing that you've got. Yeah. Yep. It's like, and I'm just like, where's the eight mil? Where's the eight mil? Like, I don't know. Fucking, I didn't pack it. <laughs> <the tools. laughs> no, yeah, but it, it, it was there, but he just pulled everything oh, out. Yeah. So stuff was just going everywhere. So, so in the end, so I'm like, where is it? Like, don't you have one? Like, I don't know. It should be in there. And I just grabbed the bag. Threw the bag on the ground like a little child, jumped on the bag. <laughs> what I'm achieving with that, I do not know. It was so and then embarrassing. Walked off. Good tantrum. Because I couldn't, yeah, like a proper oh. two-year-old tantrum. And then he didn't say a word. Yeah. Didn't say a word. Well, he's been your good friend forever. He's no, seen. he went up to him after yeah. and said he's he never, said, ever going to come with you again. if you do anything like that again, I'll never, Is ever it? come with you to a race. And I probably, I, it was I believe I probably apologise, like, mate, I'm... So sorry, like I don't know what happened, but that's one of those moments where I could not control. And there was people everywhere. Like I looked like the biggest idiot, yeah. and I couldn't hold it back. Right. Like at that time, yeah. yeah. That was that's, it's taken me many years to try yeah. and try and funnel the um, that fury that yeah. I can find. And that's I think people have seen that over the years at races, and when it comes to battling with other people or any stuff like that, I, I can have that switch where I just go like. It's on. And, yeah, I don't hardly know what I'm doing sometimes. Wow. Yeah, so that's something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think with age too, I think that um, you definitely it gets beaten down. out of you, but it gets out of you. Yeah. Well, not out of you, but it's not as not – as, it doesn't come up every week and no. as, as much maybe. Mm-hmm. No, but, yeah, it's something that's there all the You've time. You've been working on it heaps yeah. as well. And there was a guy that helped you a bit working on it, like tr- trying – to change your thinking when yeah. this happens yep. and Trying that to open deal, up the brain to, yeah, yeah. Yep. that deal help. Mm. So okay. it's been better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty weird. Like I, I do come across and I feel like I'm cruisy a lot of the time. Yeah. I don't like things get to me, but then I sometimes have something just pokes that right spot. Yep. No stopping me. It's, <laughs> it's funny because yeah, like you, you do the, the dealings I've had. Yeah. You do seem to. So cruisy. Yeah, it's yeah. like if I tell people sometimes, they're just, oh, if they tell me, yep. Stephanie must be the cruisiest guy and just so calm, I just, no, he's definitely yeah, not. He's not they, all the time. They, like, they don't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, i got a couple of stories now. Just a couple no. of, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the goods way out the bads. Yeah. You'd have to ask her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These days. These days. No. Tell me about racing in Australia. Yeah. What's, what's racing in Australia been like? Shit, it's been pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We're still here. It was supposed to be a one year thing. So mm. I guess that's a something. But when did you base yourselves up here? In three years ago. In Nelson Bay. Was it three years? Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, oh it's more in March, it's four years. So did you go to like Blue Mountains area? Yeah, this? we were based there the whole you time. You based there? We, we, we were renting a place there yep. in, in, yeah. in Hazelbrook for five years. Five, oh. Four years, four years we were there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Four years in Hazelbrook. And then. Oh, yeah, well, we stayed, well, we're like six years in the in mountains. mountains. Yeah. yeah. Then we were actually looking at the time we wanted to buy a place. Mm-hmm. And we were really, like, from the first year we moved out here, we were tossing out like it was just one year at a time. Like, oh, we'll stay another year. Oh, we'll stay another yeah. year. And we're like, we came, got to, and family and friends were like, well, what are you guys doing? Like, are you coming? You're going? What, what are you actually mm. doing? Every My parents say, were asking every year, are you coming back home? Mm. And mm. then we were like, oh, not sure. 
and then they just oh that means you're probably gonna stay because yeah. you would have started planning that already at the start i think it was sort of it was easy for us to just stay mm. i think it was a bit like that it just kept rolling because we didn't yeah. really want to deal with it again or something mm. and it got to the point where we're either going to go it was we pretty much made up we almost made our mind on going back to sweden i think we were pretty close to it anyway yeah and then we Maybe. were like well we're either going back to sweden or if we're going to stay here we're not going to stay in the mountains we, like you specifically I said i want to really, live near the beach if I'm i said if i'm going to stay here yeah yeah it was more me than yeah. you because you were a bit we can't do that yeah. i was yes we can i'm not staying here if we're not moving closer to the beach because yeah. We both love the beach and we were always travelling down to Sydney to go to the beach. Mm. But we could come down there and the weather's crap down there. And then we just went home again. Yeah. And so it made sense. We started mm. looking at places there as well and it was just didn't get anything for the money. I didn't want to live there. No. And I just I'm not staying here. So and then I started looking at places here in this area and for since the first year we were here, we could go here for a weekend because we just I think the first time we came here was because we trained with Merriman because yeah. he used to live here. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's crazy. He yeah. just moved into Newcastle two, last year or two years yeah. ago. He mm-hmm. lived in Salamander before that. So we came here pr- training with him and that's how we came so we across. So got introduced to the area, basically. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, what a good training like playground around here, though. Oh. Hey? Sand, There's a lot. Like, you know, dirt, mountains. Yeah. mountains. There's a bit of everything, There's eh? several different Dry. sort of mountain areas yep. to choose from. Mm. There's actually... There's not a lot of, like, open tracks in terms of, you know, you go and pay money to ride a motocross track. That, yep. That's got very limited. I think there's pretty much, there's only a couple. Mm. But there's a lot of opportunity, especially if you're riding enduro. There's a lot of yeah. lot of places that are really good around mm. here. And a good spot for, like, both of you to base yourself as yeah. well. Come yeah. Up here, wouldn't it? yeah. That's yeah. where we felt like this is a place where we can still, not probably not as much or easy riding as the mountains. We could just go... We had probably more places closer to us up yep. there in one way, but um, we just, oh, if we go here, we can still do our training, the yep. riding, and we're almost more central to the races than we were in the mountains. Mm. So I started looking at places here because we really love the area mm. and being closer to the water, Sydney, it's first of all, it's expensive, but then it's too busy and it's not the kind of living we no, want to no. live, we want to be in a... And people mm. were surprised with li- moving here because it's mainly older people, but oh, it's the best move ever. Yeah. We love it. It's we so go good. We don't clubs or anything. It might happen it, once or twice a year at a yeah. presentation or something to go out, but like we don't, we don't need that sort of thing that too much. It's not our kind of living. Yeah. We're more active with people. Active lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'd rather wake up on a Sunday morning and go and do something than yeah. feel hungover or something like oh, that. There's nothing worse. No. Mm. Especially, like, 20. Mm. It was okay. Yeah. But 30. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't really like Especially when it takes two days or three days to get <laughs> yeah, out of It's not cool. Like, it's just really not good. Last year's Christmas party is pretty much bang on a year to today. We had a, a, a big Christmas party and um, had way too much to drink. Yep. You know, he had promised didn't. me that we were going to ride the next day. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. promise to make after Christmas. That was party. a yeah. big yeah. promise. But I took the van into the party because I might stay the night there because <laughs> oh. I couldn't drive. Good options. <laughs> Ended up spending like three hours sitting on the side of the van, throwing up everything that I had in my guts. 
Questioning life. Questioning <laughs> life. And then um, driving eventually home. drove home there, like when I felt like I had some food and lots of stuff. Yep. felt like I'd hopefully be... Pretty good to go. Within the limits. Came home and Amber was fuming. Like, <laughs> I was supposed to be home hours ago. And they're like, oh, and Amber's like, no, we're going riding. I don't care. You, I was like laying you on promised me. Could not, could not get out. It's like, like it's just a piece of timber. You're coming with me. Like, oh. Anyway, came out, got geared up, yeah. had another spew. Um, <laughs> rode out to the track, had another spoon, <laughs> lay down, did some I was doing la- laps and he could hardly do times, but uh, he was doing some times and then he was just laying next sleeping. to the track, <laughs> sleeping, and I was just doing laps around him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this only last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon that was probably the only time I actually drunk, like, a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I don't mind a couple of beers and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but, like, I cannot handle... If I drink too much and get carried away... And you guys started mixing stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's not... And I, and I don't want that anymore. <laughs> no, there's more... And I... Yeah, there's more to life. There's yeah. a lot more to life than being hungover. Oh, you know, so. I hate it with a passion being hungover. <laughs> <laughs> just laying in the middle of the track, ain't real funny. And then this, this chick, she can drink like twice as much as me. And she this is actually on a podcast. Yeah, well, you can. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> she doesn't drink during the week ever. But like, like going to a party, yep. she'll drink more than... Pretty much everything. And wake well. up fresh? Yes. No hangover? No. No, no. <laughs> no yeah, I don't good. get hangover. Uh, yeah. Probably now when I'm older, but I didn't used to. It's good. Yeah, and he's good. been always been the worst with hangovers. Yeah. So it's so boring because I'm the day after I'm fine. I just I might be a t- bit tired because yeah. I haven't had enough sleep, but I just want to go and do stuff. But he's crook for the whole next day. Oh, <laughs> it's so anymore. boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. No. So, so yeah. And it, you know, you get 50 weekends of the year. Mm. The last thing you want to do is a Sunday. You're just sitting on the couch doing yeah. nothing, you know. So. Yeah. Can't imagine people do it every weekend, to be honest. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Be terrible. It's a little bit of money, too. Bad people. Oh. Bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Be terrible. Just the cash, they too. They just need to find a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I actually watched something on um, on YouTube. I spent a fair bit of time at night when she works nights. Yep. So I'll just sit there and watch YouTube clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw this um, a YouTube video from uh, an old surfer. And it was about... The, the the video was the natural high mm. and I was like oh, that's interesting and he was like he grew up in the like the pro surfing 90s era, era. good I era I can't even remember what his name was he was talking about there was a lot of partying going on a lot of drugs a lot of everything yep. like that and he said he didn't well, didn't interest him sort of thing but he, like he's, he's talking about the natural highs in doing stuff and that's what I feel is worth spending it doesn't matter how much money you spend on it like if you feel good from doing something that's good for you positive yeah, yeah. Like an adrenaline like adrenaline is basically what you'd think most drugs would try and it's what you're chasing chase yeah mm. why not get it naturally <laughs> like, I agree like going riding motorbikes like surfing for me has been massive even though I'm not very good at it but it's been um, like that's definitely my probably biggest passion at the moment trying to figure that stuff out and mountain bike riding and we were good in the water originally I've always loved the water yeah I wouldn't say if you, do you mean by surfing good in the Just water? Just comfortable, because it takes a lot to be yeah, comfortable. Yeah, I did water. find, like, the small things as, like, being able to paddle the board and not, like, you know, yeah. like, finding the, the, the weight. The rhythm and that, yeah. The weight, the rhythm and that. But um, <laughs> the biggest thing for me, I could stand up, like, within the first couple of times, but yeah. I just couldn't surf. Hmm. But what's really taken me a long time is spending the time in the ocean and, and learning the ocean movements and, and being able to, get onto waves like if there's if you have the perfect wave you can it's not that hard to get on it i guess but the 
the ocean moves and it does so unpredictable and uh, I think for me being out there and understanding how it works has made it possible for me to now say that I probably can surf yeah, even though cool. I'm not, not good, yeah. yeah. But um, I yeah. see your turn now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she came out a couple of times. Yeah. Do you surf? Course. No. no, no. I love my stand-up pedal. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Isn't it uh, like you've ridden for twenty-five years now on a motorbike? Does it give you the adrenaline that the bike does, or more? So. I'd say it's pretty actually I've thought about that lately I think there's not many things that gives you that feeling that you get from a motorbike yeah. I don't many have anything that, else no. that does no. the same as the bike does there's nothing no, no. Mm. for me surfing is more of the challenge of getting better and I, I like the idea of being able to surf well and I really get charged up like by good waves and seeing you know catching a nice yep. wave but it feels great, but I don't think I've, anything really gets to the feeling of a motorbike. I think it's more <clears> of a relaxing thing for you with the surfing as well because you normally come home and you just, it was such a cool morning, the mm. sun and Something the water. Yeah. So I think it's a bit like that, isn't it, as well with your surfing, that yeah. it's sort of completely different. There's yeah. no noises except the water mm. and it's just calm. What I see, what I see with it too is I was trying to surf for a bit. Like something like to play guitar and surf are the two things in life that I really want mm. to conquer at one point. Mm. Um, the surf part, I'm not a real relaxed person. It's something that I can actually try and relax at. Yeah, you know, like whereas riding, I'm not not that I'm relaxed, but I'm always there's always a rock or there's always something. Yeah, being out in the water, is, you, you're sort of relaxed. Yeah, mm. definitely. As such, I think it's good for your mind. I think. The- yeah. It just makes so, everything yeah. slow down. Yeah, I feel. So. Yeah, until you uh, interact with the people that are surfing. Yeah, all the other. Ones. I gotta say, uh, have I you thought, had any bad surfing? So, uh, I just, I thought like I remember, I remember so clearly like when I started surfing and stuff, and I was just like, oh yeah, I've got a surfboard, this is awesome. You know, you paddle, you paddle out, like, <laughs> how you going? How you going? Or yeah. this and that, trying to be friendly, and like, I just look at you like you're an alien. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, oh, righto. And then you do it again and it's like the same reaction. It's like, wow. these people are assholes. <laughs> There's not many people. Like no. now like you get to know people and some of them are really cool. But like it's yeah. just a really weird vibe between You said surfers. it was a lot of attitude in so, the Yeah, like you might see old mate that's freaking, I don't know, 60 years old. He's the local bloody plumber or whatever he yeah. is. He thinks he's Kelly Slater. Like, <laughs> like Mate, we're just all out having fun, but yeah, there's so much attitude out there. And you see, you know, you picture the surfer as the cruisy. Yeah, that's what that, I thought. The, the cruisy person, yeah. life's just, there's, there's no part, bad path. No. Then when they're in the water, it's just, there's, yeah, yeah, there's they've attitude. got bad tempers. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's just something with me, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't lost it on anyone, but like I've certainly had moments where I wonder what the hell's wrong with people because like, what's Okay, yeah. just have a good time. Just be out there and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. back to my question. Tell yeah. me about racing in Australia. So you did two years, two years by yourselves, so 2012, yeah. 2013. Then you just went back to, well, you went back I, into I got a deal with um, As the Activate time. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. that for a while. Did that for a year. Yeah. Um, I was on my own you that were year. On your you own. did your own. Yeah. yeah. Did so you that, travel together in a van still with that? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he had his 
AJ had his race bike and he had his practice bike, so that yeah. still came in our van. Yeah. And then he rolled that over to the team, and then he stayed with the team, and I had my setup with the van. Ah, and right. you slept in the van. Yeah. So who did you have activate then, AJ? Uh, so the AJ bike? was, AJ, yeah, AJ was running the team. Yep. So it was uh, myself on the E3 bike. Yep. Tom McCormack on the 250. Bo Ralston. Bo Ralston on the 450. And Josh. Josh. And Josh would have been I mean, on the 450. Josh was there as well. Yeah. Four of us. Good team as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was a good team. Come through some good teams, hey? Yeah. Through the years yeah. as well. Yeah. It's been, a, yeah, not been too bad. That's for sure. It's only been only sort of been one year deals with the teams I've written <laughs> yep. for, so that can be of various reasons. But yep. still been um, still been nice to be on some decent teams and that sort of stuff. So yeah. how was how was that racing? Like racing fourteen, fifteen. Like that, that's that was probably a pretty solid time too. Yeah, that was probably over here. Probably when I was maybe at my best, I'd say. Yeah. I was riding pretty solid then and went over to we went over to Europe to do a cup. We did one round or two rounds? Uh, 16, we did uh, No, this two. was 14. No, you didn't do... You did Sweden in 14. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you did two rounds. I, you did, went, I did Finland and Sweden, World Championships, yeah, but yeah. you only did Sweden. Sweden. For the Enduro yeah, World, World Championships. Championship. That was the first one for me. That was on a. I got a guest ride on a on a Honda team, like a satellite Honda team. What on a CRF? Yeah. Yeah right. So that, was, that was a pretty cool experience. Like uh, that was. Yeah, twenty fourteen. I think I was eighth and seventh or something in the class. Nice. Which I was pretty happy. I'm guessing like it's a satellite team, but the bikes would be still of a solid spec. Yeah, it was a good there. bike. Yeah, yeah, I was. I had an air fork on that one. That was, oh, when I was yeah, struggling to figure that out, and I didn't feel super comfortable on it. But um, overall, it was pretty fun. The yep. bike was set up well. They had um, had some good riders. He, he was on that year. No head. No, but there was a Finnish rider, the year before, Tarkala. He rode for them, so I think they had some of his setups and stuff. Mm. A Finnish rider, but yeah. So you went back for sixteen and did two. Well, you did two. In two 16, rounds. you <coughs> did Finland as well. Both of us did two, Finland did and three. Sweden. I did three. Yeah, I did Spain as well yeah. that year. What would be the main difference in terrain between Sweden and Spain? Would it be similar to... Sweden the, and Spain? Yeah, like what would the terrain uh, difference be? A lot be? more hills. Sweden is not... Unless you go up north, yeah. it's... Not flat, but it's not. But it's this, not big. It's mm. not super steep and long hills. Yeah. Spain got these massive hills. Yeah. Clay, uh, well, yeah, especially where you ride more in Spain. red clay. Yeah. Sweden, where I lived, was this super slippery clay. So I was happy to ride that stuff. Yeah. Spain is more the red clay, but it's sort of just as slippery because I had, was used to the blue clay. Yeah. But um, mainly the hills. Just uh, yes, really steep downhills. Swedish, Swedish rounds normally get pretty tricky, like rocky, super technical, muddy. Yeah, right. Like a lot of their like the forest is really soft and fluffy. Yeah. So it just gets you like rocks come up and there's just root tree roots. It depends where you go, though. Yeah, but But that round we did was like that. Where everything, because it's so soft, the ground's softer. Yeah. Everything mm. just keeps just coming gets to the surface. Yeah. Up the side yep. And that's just mm. slippery tree roots and rocks and stuff. Mm. And but, yeah, the main difference, I reckon, is there. Especially, like, I'm sort of happy with the uphills. 
yeah. downhills is more scary when you're not mm. used to them. If they're super steep, it was like that was the biggest thing yeah. I think. Mm. But um, and then oh, I I hurt cool. myself in the second day of in the Swedish, in Swedish first round. Day, second day. Second, but, I second think. day. The Swedish GPR. Because it was Finland, control. it was back to back. Yeah. So Finland was one weekend and the Sweden the weekend after. It was the same 2014 and two, 2016. Oh, really? The back to back, yeah. Yes, we did both of them. Yeah. And then Spain was two weeks, two weeks after, after that. So, But you hurt yourself yeah, in Sweden. In Sweden, I cartwheeled on this weird section on, on transport. It wasn't even the, the oh, really? racetrack. Like it's going from test to test. And I'm pretty sure I remember like a, a loose uh, tree stump. I must have hit it and then it got caught up in the back wheel and then threw me over the bars and it was just solid rock. And just landed on my shoulder and snapped my top of the collarbone and had to get surgery on that uh, that following week. So I think I got surgery on it and then we drove down to Spain and Emily did the Spanish round. So you rode again? No, not that. I didn't do the Spanish round, but we we drove down and I just gave We just drove down in the car, yeah, Yeah. and you were there and then my dad flew down because mm. um, that first week he was just working and then yeah. we drove down in the car and then yeah. I raced that one and then we flew back here again after that. Back into recovery mode. Yeah, luckily that, because I work as a carpenter, so luckily I was supposed to start a job with a, a guy I was working with in the Blue Mountains yeah. and with a busted collarbone and I had like a, I broke it right at the end of the collarbone. Yeah. So they couldn't just plate it. They had to put in a thing called a hook plate. So it had a, a sort of um, got bolted all the way along the collarbone and it had like a little hook that sat inside the socket of the mm-hmm. shoulder because it only had like a, I don't know, 20 mil piece left. So you couldn't just screw into yeah, it. Just, yeah, yeah, there's nothing there. So I had to have that plate in there for three months. Oh. And then I wasn't supposed to do any movement, any overhead movement or anything like that. Cause it, a bit hard as a builder. Yeah, and because that plate sitting in the socket it's going to wear in the socket but um so i couldn't do my normal job but then i have a friend in sydney that um builds saunas yeah (laughs) and um and i spoke to him actually before we went to sweden before we went to europe because i hit him up if he could uh, help us out with a bit of sponsorship because he has his own business and then he said, oh, sorry, I can't sponsor you, but I've got plenty of work if you need to work. <laughs> and then after I broke my collarbone, I can't, oh, probably, need, probably need a bit of work now. Yeah. So um, I hit him up and I said, oh, I've busted my shoulder, all this sort of stuff. I'm, I can still do stuff. I'm just not like fully active. He's like, that's no, all right. Building saunas, we work with Cedar. It's nice and light. We can work together and work with him for like three Couple or Couple of months. Probably, probably, I think I worked with him after the collar, after I got yeah. the plate out. Yeah, right. Probably spent a good four to five months working with him. Because you flew back to Sweden and took the plate out. Yeah. As well. Oh, so you got the surgery there, then come yeah. home, recover, and then back up to get yeah. it out. It was cheaper to get a flight, fly to Sweden. And do it over there. And Seriously. get my plate, because opera, the operation cost me nothing. It doesn't cost anything there. Yeah. Really? Because Swedish citizen and, uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and mm. all that sort of stuff. Here, I was a long wait, and if I had to pay for it, it was going to cost like... I think it was going to be like three grand, three or to something. four grand or something. Yep. And the, the ticket, ticket was, ticket like was like eighteen hundred bucks, and a week off work. Oh, I'll go to Sweden and do it. Because <laughs> yeah. wow. you got so to see your family at the same time, yep. so we just—it's better off yeah. just going Makes there. Sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So I just kept um, in touch with the Swedish doctors via email. Yep. 
said I was sort of living in. I kind of said I was just living over here for the year. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, no it worked out well. Us. Yeah. And do you have any issues with that now? Not really. It's like my shoulders, I, it's it's achy in that times, but it's yep. not not nothing major. Nice. So, like any other injury, you sort of you have an injury, you feel some of it, but not all of it. It's always. Yeah, somewhere there, sort of thing. Yeah. How's your shoulder going, by the way? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Could be better. <laughs> Looking pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not forward at all. No, um, but yeah, just hope it's in. Yeah, um, yeah. After yesterday's incident. Yeah, so yeah, it didn't even crash. No, it's disappointing. That is disappointing. Yeah, Unless you've got a story to tell. Yeah, that's right. So, well, I didn't want to crash my new husky. It's yeah, parked up on the luscious grass on the side of the bank. Yeah, <laughs> but um, hopefully it comes good. Yeah, it will. It will. Tell me, um, transmodos. Hmm? You've done a lot of transmodos now. You've done a few. You've done a lot. Yeah, first one last year. I did my first one I'd last done, year. Yeah, I've done a few. But they are, i got to say, they are pretty cool events. Yeah, is, yeah. is it? It's changed in Juro. I think so. Hey. You, you go, you walk through the pits and you yep. see three other guys that race, like, seriously. Mm. And you see hundreds of guys that have, they ride on the weekends and they just love it. And then you see freaking 50 guys out there or girls that almost looks like the they've never time. been on a motorbike before. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's just, and they all have massive smiles. Everyone has a good time. It's mm. definitely changed the sport here, I'd I, say. I feel it's sort of changed and, and I, I think it's doing good for the racing side of the sport too. I think, yeah. like I was saying before, of trying to get more people into it, I feel that's sort of like a dip your toes in the water of racing yeah. for mm. some people too. Absolutely. You go to a, a national enduro event and you get everything between 150 to 250 riders. Yep. And you go to a Transmoto event and they sell out to, what, 500 riders or something yeah. like that and they cap it or whatever it is or yeah. something like that. They sell out anyway most races. Mm. They've obviously figured something out and I think the key word would be having fun. For sure. It's a good uh, one. Having fun, you know. It's just um, good events. Any events that both years want to do? Not Transmoto, but just events. Like, is there anything there that is like, I'd love to do that enduro in such and such part of the world or a GNCC or something? Is there anything there? Yeah. Like a bucket you can list? Start. Oh, I can start. I never ever used to think about Fink. Yeah. I, that was not on my list before. But How come? Because it wasn't really my kind of riding. We're just going flat out. Yep. And you have to go out there and pre-run it a fair bit if you're not going to – if you're going to have a chance and do it good and not get injured. Mm. But lately I'm like, that would be pretty cool to do it. But then – so, yeah, it would be cool to do that. And then I would love to do some other races in Europe, maybe some sort yeah. of extreme stuff. That would be cool. Mm. That but sort of seems to be a bit where the sport's going too, hey? Yeah. Like a hard enduro yeah. and stuff. It's, it's definitely a bit of a craze at the moment. It is, yeah. Like you're a YouTube surfer as well. Yeah. You look at like, I don't know about your um your history, but I look at my history on it. It's like... All the things that keep popping up with hard enduro around the world yeah. and stuff—it's pretty popular. Yeah, so, I love yeah. watching that. It's yeah, I probably watch it more than you do. Yeah, the extreme stuff. It's when incredible. that goes, I think it's heaps of it's fun impressive. to watch it. Oh, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, so impressive to watch. Yeah. So, and yeah. the, tri- the sales of trials bikes, mm. like, would have just went through the roof when hard enduro. Yeah, yeah. They started making, you know, itself public. I mean, mm. Yeah, for sure. What's your race? Yeah. I definitely don't have any. Um, 
aspiration to like do any big ones overseas or anything anymore. But I, I could see myself. I've been interested in, in doing Fink as well for never a done? number of years. No, no. But I'm not interested in just going out there and just doing it for fun. I'd want to. Want to compete? I'd well, I'd want to. I'd want to compete, and then I'd want to do it in a, the safest way possible, which is to pre-run and know what you're riding, not yeah. just throw yourself in the deep end. Mm. Which <clears throat> I think Fink can be awesome as a, a bucket list ride bucket list race you just go out there and you do it and then you sort of ride to the conditions but it'll be fun to do it and and have a proper crack at it a good go yeah yeah because you're both competitors Mm. like it's one of those things it's like Mm. very hard to not turn that same thing turn that tap on and go hard it's got some prestige that race too in in the sense where it's um it's it's a tough race and it's a lot of a lot of risk involved Mm. But, um, yeah, it could be mm. pretty cool. That's something I could see myself doing, but I just don't see myself just going out there doing it for fun or just, you know, just. No, I wouldn't want to go there. I would want to have a proper go if I'm going to yeah. do it. Otherwise, yeah. I don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enough. a bit like, I wouldn't just go there and just do it to do it. Yeah. The Makes only sense. reason I was mm. going to do it is to proper race it. Give it a good go. Mm. Have you heard of that um, Don River Dash? Up no. North? So, I have no. So it's an off road. They did, they did car and bike, but it was mostly car this year. Everyone that I spoke to reckons that that's going to be as big as a think. Okay. Yeah, it's a riverbed up in uh, North Queensland, up near Bowen. Yeah, right. That and would be cool. That awesome. They're, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, so is it a big scale event at the moment? I think or? it was the first couple of years at the moment. Okay. But uh, I know Toby took up the truck, well, the yeah. K&M and the, one of the bikes and did it and a few yeah, others. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's all, a, few, a fair few different people were saying – that have done think multiple times. Yeah. This is going to be the next, the big, a big event for off road. Yeah, okay, oh, that's cool. It's just something else. Yeah, yeah, one, so. yeah. Have to look into that. It's always good with new races popping up like that. I think so. Yeah, yeah especially like iconic ones. Like things yeah. an iconic sort of mm. race for here. So yeah, sort of people don't know anything about nationals or any other races, but they know what think is. The think does it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Four days. What have four days been like? They're always a good event. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. Some, the next year is supposed to be in WA. Some better than others. And That's a journey, eh? Hey? Mm. Yeah. Is that why you fit in your van properly? Yeah. Right to the full day. <laughs> the old van we had before went to Perth and back. And yeah, I guess this we one had the four day there in 2013. Yeah. And I must say that's probably one of the best four days we had. Yeah. It was really good tracks. Mm. It yep. was one test that was not that much fun because it was like a plantation and people got sort of lost in that plantation because mm. it was not bunted off not and yeah. people just like head on, just, oh, my God, Basically where are we going? Oh, really? We got yeah. lost on it. Yep. But the rest, it was sand. Two days were sand and two days were hard packed. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah good variation. Yeah. Terrain. yeah. So my, um, my business partner for the tour business that we're down here at the moment, He's seen your Insta story mm-hmm. and he said, I can't believe you're putting bikes in your van. Yeah. <laughs> your van's too good to put yeah. bikes in too. So. Yeah, the, the front part of the van's pretty good. It's pretty well We fit, don't yeah. put bikes there. No. no. <laughs> good fit yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've done, uh, thanks by the way, we've done... Three now. Three here. Three vans. Done yeah. Some, yeah, and done, you did, did one in Sweden. did one in Sweden and stuff. And this one's probably the one at the moment. We're just finishing it at the moment and that's probably the yeah. one... It's come up the best so far. Yeah, it looks it's good. It's probably the first van we've built where we sort of had a little bit of a budget to do something nice with it. Mm. But we also but, took um, it time with it because, yeah, last year we sort of just set up because we got it last year and the start of the year, but sort of the whole year we just run through the racing season with just the bed and yep. basics in there. 
Because it was busy with the season, because we got it just when the season started and we just wanted to put our time into training. We didn't really have the money for it, so we just did bits and pieces yep. here and there. So this COVID thing has been good in one way because mm. we had more time yep. and we just sort of tried to spend it on Yeah, Because last that. year you did enduro, yeah, some yep. transmotos, yep. King of MX, yeah. Yep. East Coast MX. Yeah. Not, not the whole East Coast, but I a did fair, bit, a few, of it, fair yeah. bit of it. I missed one round. I, mm. I did the rest. Did you do it at Nationals as well at some point? Mm. Did we have one last year? If we did, I probably I think did. you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Na- wasn't that at NARA? Yeah, I did that one. You did Nationals yeah. at NARA yeah. as well? Yeah, I did. It's yeah. a busy year. Yeah, you know, when you put all that together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then coming into this year with... You would have got one event in, wouldn't it, for the off-road? Two. Two we off-roads. We got Toowoomba and Dungog. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dungog was right at the... Yeah. Just before the... We thought... We were surprised that they actually run it. We were all like, oh, I wonder if it's going to happen mm. because it was just when it started happening. March, yeah. yeah. But we got that one in. Yeah, obviously, COVID. This is, yeah. Yeah, this has been a bit crazy. Yeah, so next year, I'm just hoping it's back to some sort of normal because the calendar looks pretty cool. Yeah, the places where we're going. Mm. For sure. What I was meant to say is a six-day. We could oh. do a six-day again. I would love to do another yeah. one. That's mm. like my, yeah, that's bigger yeah. for me than any other races. Like in saying you asked what races mm. I would love to do on my bucket list. Go back to a six day. It's another six day. Mm. I would love another six day. If you were to do a six day, would, would you get chance for dual selection? Yeah, like. Um, How does that work? If I'm fast enough, I could ride it for the Aussie team. Yep. Which is probably not that likely <laughs> at the moment. And then um, I have probably been fast enough to be on the Swedish team, but I haven't really... You haven't done any races I haven't really there. done any races over there in the last couple of years. Yep. And even though, like, um, the results have been pretty decent here, it's not really enough. Yep. So I haven't really ventured over that too much and put much investment into it, so... You never used to be interested. You always used to say that it didn't interest him. Mm-hmm. I'd, I don't see the fun in a six-day. I wasn't too worried about nah, it. No, but lately you've been like, oh, it would be cool to do one. Good cool. challenge. Yeah, well, just um, raced this many years and haven't done a six-day. It's like, yeah. oh, kind of missed out maybe. But yeah. I wonder yeah. if it'll be – like, I know we had it in 2007 mm. or eight here at Cox. Mm. Um, I wonder if we'll get it back here ever again. They've been talking there was about talks. it for years. Really? Yeah, it's been talk yeah. about it for a long time. Rumours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they – that they want it back here and yep. they've been talking about it, but I wonder. Would be good. Yeah, we've we got be such cool. a good one on it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, it's pretty cool when huge. you get to yeah. travel though. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's one of the good things about the sport. Yeah. yeah. You're on the go. You know, yeah. you get to travel and see so much different yeah. stuff. So that's it. No, well, I would love to do another one. I'll leave you guys to your, um, I'm on holiday, so I don't even know what night it is. Is it Monday? Not yes. those holidays, but <laughs> yeah. I'll um, leave you guys to your Monday night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks oh, for having thank us. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, keep it up. And, yeah, look forward to seeing 2021. See you then. Cheers. Thank Hopefully you. COVID-free. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys.